Welcome into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast, the SEC Media Days version of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am joined by Carter Carls and Jimbo Fisher and players, McKinley Jackson, Fidel Diggs, and Anaya Smith were in Nashville on Monday um, to take part in in the day, meet with the media, um, and Carter was on hand for, for all of it. Carter, how, how are you doing? How's the whole experience been? It's great, man. I I thought, you know, maybe we should do some fun thing where we're out on Media Row or we're, we're, we have some background where I can record it. But it is so noisy down there. There are so many freaking yeah. people. Like, let me tell you, covering Florida State, this is SEC is way different than the ACC. There are so many people here. Like, literally every turn, every corner you turn, you're like, oh, I, I know that guy from TV or I know that's a big athlete that I – you know, remember watch playing. Uh, there's just yeah. so many people here. Like Nashville went all out for this event. Uh, the scheduling hasn't been great, but as far as the just the glitz and the glamour of it, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, the the schedule always seems to to kind of change, right? And go and go back and forth. I dealt with that a little bit at the the Texas High School Coaching Convention over the weekend as well, where a um, ton of press conferences there too. And and be sure to lock into the Gigum twenty four seven um website and i'll have a full breakdown of that coming uh later this week but jimbo fisher was kind of the front and center on monday taking questions from the media and a couple in kind of a small group huddle up on the stage as well from more national media um, some local media as well and uh you know a lot of eyeballs on him a lot of kind of focus on what he was going to say especially about bobby petrino there was a lot of discussion about that uh, what you what you kind of see out of Jimbo Fisher today, and take away from what he what he had to say? Jimbo Fisher is just one of the most fascinating coaches in college yeah. football. I mean, the highs, the lows, and whenever he talks, there is such a gravity in the room where everyone is just either waiting to hear him say something they don't like or something crazy. There's a lot of people that just don't like the guy or, you know, they they have a strong opinion on him. And so it's very interesting to watch the questions he gets, how he's asked questions, how, how he answers them. You never really know what you're going to get. He might be fiery. He may not answer things. Yeah. This time the, the code he followed was pretty simple. It's – I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> That's pretty much what he did. He just didn't say anything yeah. the entire, you know, hour that he talked uh, between the main room and the, the other room. Um, and, you know, there's mixed emotions about that. Like as a reporter, you're kind of like, oh, man, I wish he said interesting things. Uh, yeah. But as a human being, it's like, okay, this guy's not obligated to, to say anything. Like it's not, it's not like I, I can't sit here and be like you need to answer it the way i want you to answer it so i'm i'm not one of those guys that watches coach speak and says oh i hate this guy but you get a sense from a lot of other people that they're like that and so overall what i felt was the case was just a lot of deflecting a lot of word salads as far as hey you know quarterback competition ah it's close you know no, not not really telling you much there. Okay, is it a pro style offense now, or is it you know spread, or, or what? What can we? He expect? loved that question. Eh. 
I'm not getting into that, you know, yeah. and, 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 Oh, what about the 12th man plus fund? What, what's your, uh, what's your, like, how are you guys approached that now? Oh, yeah, not really going to get into that. I mean, it was like almost every question was a non-answer. And again, it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, what really matters is not what you say at SEC Media Days on, what's the day, July 17th? It doesn't matter. What matters is can you win on the football field? You know, like uh, you can have the worst coach be the best talker ever, but if he's three and nine, no one gives a crap. So, like, yeah. What's going to ultimately matter is what happens this fall. I will say, though, when you sit there and not answer anything, if things do go wrong this season again, if it's not a good record, they don't win the games, that's where you kind of retrospectively look back and say, oh, there might have been something to those non-answers. I, they're just they're, – they would not look good in retrospect. And so um, – only time will tell, you know, if what if whether they really means anything. It's hard to look at it and, you know, just be mad at the guy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't care. It's, it's other people just go nuts. I mean, I'm looking at Twitter and people are like, "Oh, he's not saying who the play caller is." And I'm like, "Okay, but doesn't in, matter." In eight other different interviews, he kind of said that Petrino's calling the plays. So, like, right. Just because he's being a little stubborn about answering it directly doesn't mean that, like, Petrino's not going to call the play. So that's my long-winded answer of saying, like, this doesn't matter right now. It won't matter if he wins. But if he loses, that's where you kind of say, ooh, yeah, hindsight. That that didn't look too great. Yeah, and I think that goes to the point, right, is it's, it's all going to come down to what he does on the field this year. And I think he kind of recognizes that. And, and, and some of the interviews you saw him kind of talk about it, we're not going to make ex- excuses. Um, it's one of the things he said, didn't get it done last year. There were injuries. There was a lack of execution, which ultimately falls on the coaching staff. And, and I think he recognized that. I think he, I think he underperformed. I think he also knows every answer he gets where every answer he gives, like you said, is going to be microanalyzed with that little fine-tuned comb. And and it goes for when he's asked questions about Bobby Petrino, play calling. You know, one of the things, and this was brought up on the board, is, well, he continues to do it because people continue to ask about it. And that's a two-way street, right? Because if he had given an answer in the spring yeah. that said, listen, Bobby Petrino is the play caller – I'm going to hand things over to him and trust in everything he says. He wouldn't be getting the question over and over again at media days, but it's yeah. the fact that it's like, well, you know, he talked about like, he, he's got great ideas and, you know, we'll, you know, see how it kind of plays out. It's that's kind of opens the door for reporters that are going to ask those sorts of questions to, to really dig into that and, uh, and put him on the spot. And so it's kind of a two way street, but I thought your tweet was kind of, spot on that if, if if they win in the fall nobody's going to care and people are going to understand that you wanted to keep things under wraps you wanted to keep things secretive but if they don't win it's going to come back to well he was evasive in the press conference and it's going to fuel that that point and, and I've heard a lot of people bring it up that well what if things are going sideways against Miami right in week two what happens then that question is going to continue to linger yeah, because that, if you if you yeah. don't give any answer, that that sort of question is going to linger, even if you might not like it. You're you're spot on in the sense of 
like there's a disconnect of oh we always gets asked about this and so i would be mad too it's like dude if the first press conference he went out and said man bobby petrino is awesome he has such a great track record he's good with this he's good with that blah 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 um had he made bobby petrino available to speak to the media and we yeah. learned a lot more about bobby from bobby no one would be asking that many Bobby Petrino questions because we've got all the answers that we'd want. But instead, yeah. it's this mystery man where it's like, mm, is he actually going to place? Yeah, <laughs> what's going like, on? Yeah, This doesn't have to be such a mystery. So, I'm again, I'm between where I'm like, okay, it, it doesn't freaking matter in the grand scheme of things. Right. However, he's making things so unnecessarily difficult on himself. I know he doesn't care about the media and what's being said and all that. He doesn't. But, like, d- doesn't that have an effect on perception? Like, perception has an effect on recruiting and things like that. So it's like it's not yeah. like you can't – you can't not care about it at all. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I've got mixed emotions about it. But, um, again, I'm not, I'm not really losing sleep over it like some folks. Yeah, me neither. I kind of – you know, chuckle because he, he he does chuckle at some of the questions and he does kind of laugh. He's having fun with it. He has he's Jimbo Fisher is is a guy that really enjoys like a banter and and having fun with it. And that's oh. why in a room with Steve Adazio and Bobby Petrino, they may have disagreements. I don't think Jimbo Fisher is opposed to that. I I think he welcomes that sort of kind of bold personalities and 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 debates. He he doesn't shy away from that. He enjoys those sorts of discussions and. He was asked about it during the press conference and, and kind of gave that answer that, you know, what like if we if we disagree, like that's fine. That's that's good. Now, did you watch his interview with Feinbaum? I, I a little bit of it, a little bit of it. It, it did kind of have that. <laughs> I felt like it was an interrogation. <laughs> it was like I love Paul, man. Like I, I don't want to sound like I'm hating, and and I and I get why. That's his interviewing he style. Felt the way he felt. It's his style, but it's also like when someone's kind of feeding you crap a little bit, you, you got to kind of challenge and say, okay, like really though, you know. And and so it was really interesting, like to see these national media time people on the outside, like I think A&M reporters were conditioned to it because we see it every day. We see it all the time, yeah. but national reporters, you know, they interview Brian Kelly and he's talking about his injury report extensively and all these other things. And they interview Jimbo. And they're like, this guy won't even Doesn't tell me that Connor Wigman's the starter. Like, what are you talking? Yeah. Like what? And you know, it's, it's very funny. And, and, um, again, it's, it's whatever. I mean, it, it was an adjustment for me coming from Florida state where yeah. they let us talk to every single player on the team. They let us talk to every coach, every support staffer. If we wanted to interview the athletic director, we could like call them that like in one second and get them every single time. Like it was so wide open and here it's like very, very restrictive one of the more restrictive in the country and it's okay. That's fine. As long as you win football games, if you don't, that's where things get dicey. You can't control the narrative. You can't, you know, uh, you can't really 
explain yourself as well if you if you're being closed off. So I felt like coming off a five and seven season, it's the wrong move for Jimbo. A, a lot of times you'll see coaches in college football when they lose, they warm up to the media because they want yeah. the favorable coverage and things of that nature. And again, I, I don't think media should say, oh, this guy gives me access, so I love him, or oh, he doesn't give me access, so I hate him. Right. Um, but it, it does help you or it can only help you if you make it easier for the folks covering you. And, and so you kind of see that happen sometimes with these grouchy media types that, that watch them and they're just like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. So, I think, anyway. I think one of the, the more positive notes that he did talk about, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with him on this, on this front is, is when he talked about recruiting and how, the players, um, he talked about the culture a little bit and how that's a sign that the culture is is where it needs to be. And and I'm glad he touched on it because it was something when we caught up with a lot of visitors in June, they talked about man, Edron Cooper and you know, you know, some of the other guys, Ruben Fathery, um, Layden Robinson was a guy that was mentioned as well. These guys who really helped during official visit weekends talk about the program in a positive light and it does play a big role and it. it's one of the reasons that they now have a top 10 recruiting class and so I thought that was one of the really you know kind of positive notes from a recruiting front that he talked about is mm-hmm. is the impact that players can have on on recruitments and and that so um, that was that was certainly I think one of his one of his stronger points of the day and 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 something that you know it's going well right now they've got a lot of of of, of good momentum and momentum that they can carry into the latter portion of July. Um, you know, with the pool party coming up, they've, they've got a lot of big names are in the mix for fighting to get on campus, you know, battling LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, all these guys to get them on the final week. So um, thought that was really positive. We're going to touch on another uh, nice note after the break. I thought you had a, you had a really fun story with, with Anaya Smith on, well, obviously, a topic we had a chance to talk with Elijah Robinson as well when he was at the the Texas High School Football Coaches Convention. So stick with us, and we'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back into the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls. Carter, um, I thought you had a really good story on the on this on the site this morning as you as you kind of touched down in in Nashville. Uh, you got a chance to speak to Anaya Smith and his and his family um, who are are really looking to honor Terry Price. Just walk me through the story how how you kind of came about it and and what that conversation was like. Yeah, I had a chance last night to talk with uh, Anaya Smith's parents, Samira and uh, and Marie Senior. And my gosh, they, those two are awesome. They, they really, uh, that whole family is just like the perfect family you'd want in a football program. And, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I get really into these lengthy conversations with people sometimes where I'll be interviewing someone and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I've been talking to you for an hour. We talked for yeah. maybe two and a half, three hours last night. Like, that's how long we were talking. Now we talked about uh, mostly for a story I'm doing on Anaya Smith that uh, really looking forward to uh, our readers uh, checking out a lot, a lot of un- untold stories and, and 
and stuff about uh, his injury. But as far as the Terry Price one, there, there was a lot of compelling stuff that his mom told me uh, about Anias as far as what Terry Price meant to him. That mm-hmm. Anias basically went to the funeral July 8th, July 9th, and uh, was so touched by it that I think when he got back in his car and drove back home in Houston, he was talking to his mom about it the whole ride back. And then when when he got home, he stayed in his car until 2 a.m. because he was just so deep in thought about Terry Price. And one of the things that was said uh, about Terry that really stuck out to him, if, if you know anything about Anais, he, he loves suits, loves suits. He wears mm-hmm. them all the time. He has an entire closet dedicated to suits, <laughs> which uh, maybe I need to kind of uh, emulate that because I, I don't really have any. So Me uh, but he, <laughs> I don't like dressing nice. But uh, he anyway – at the funeral, there was a story told that Terry Price showed up on his official visit in a suit. And people were like, who would do that? And I think Anais is kind of thinking, I, I might, <laughs> you I know? Would. Yeah. And um, Anais, despite being a receiver, despite being on the other side of the ball, different position, had a great relationship with Terry. And so when he got back to his house, uh, talked with his mom, said we got to do something. We got to do something. They thought about, do we do a helmet decal? Well, school probably wouldn't let us. Like we, that would have to be approved by the conference and all that. Yeah. How about we do a cuff link? And it's like, ah, no, not a cuff link because, you know. Uh, You're not going to see it that teen- well. Or- teenage Teenage boys don't even know what a cuff link is. You know, I don't even know what it is, you know. <laughs> so um, anyway – they finally decided lapel, lapel pins. I, for this whole time, I've been mispronouncing it. Did I get it right? Lapel? I think so. Lapel. Lapel pins. And it is basically, you know, obviously you put it on your vest or your, your suit. And it's got Terry Price's initials, TP, which was, you know, also his nickname. And it's made of these really nice looking, like they almost look like uh, crystals, I guess. And um, really has a great look to it. And um, not cheap, not cheap, but Anais got them from this guy. I think he's based in Detroit. And the plan is to give one to every coach and give one to every teammate. And so when they do the – it's called the Spirit Walk at A&M. I I should probably know, uh, but it's at Spirit Walk. Uh, they, um, when they walk into the stadium, when they're all wearing suits and whatnot, the plan is for everyone to be wearing those lapel pins. So, um, I think they're going to get some for the price family as well and, and make it a whole big deal. My hope is that it, it, it catches wildfire and maybe it's something the fan base can get a hold of, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, um, regardless, it, it's such a, touching thing for a guy who's not on the side of the ball, not on his position to do this uh, for him. It just shows you kind of the, the heart that this kid has. And uh, once you read this feature, I mean, it's, you'll, you'll learn a lot more about what this kid is like off the field. And, 
you know, it really came close to not coming back for a fifth season here. And A&M should be, feel very lucky that he did because he is no doubt one of the biggest leaders on the team. And this was just kind of another example of something that they need. You know, they, they needed a guy like that last year. Not having yeah. him was cr- like that crushed them. It crushed yeah. them. And it crushed him too to not be there for him. And you know, hear all the stories about last year. I mean, I, I can't share all of them, but like the knuckleheads that were in that locker room, dude, like they were, there were some kids on the team that were awful. Like, I'm just like, I'm not going to like, I am not going to mince words there because some of the things I've heard, it's like, uh, I can't even believe this wasn't reported because this is like the craziest thing I've ever heard. But to be in that locker room where you have no control over this, you know, you, you don't, yeah. your words don't feel like they matter because you're not playing. You're not part of it. Right. Well, now that he's healthy and now that he's back and now that a lot of those bad eggs are gone, I think you're going to start seeing him make that impact that he should have made last year for the full year. So again, another long winded thing, but uh, this is a great player to have on this team and, what a cool thing for this team to be able to have this season. No doubt. I think it also speaks to, um, you know, just the impact that Coach Price, and we've talked about it on on previous podcasts, the impact that he had on anybody that he was around in the, in the program, players, support staff, coaches, family members, recruits, fans, anybody that Terry Price was around seems to have a story about, you know, how they were impacted and how they were touched. And Elijah Robinson, who uh, obviously grew extremely close to Terry Price, was was at the Texas High School Coaches Convention, and and he was asked about it as well. And, it, and it's the first opportunity for him to really open up about what Terry Price kind of meant for him. And, and obviously when it comes – and Jimbo Fisher talked about this too. They'll have news on a replacement of what they're going to do next at the end of the month. He talked about doing that close to fall camp and – you know, Terry. Uh, obviously, Elijah Robinson was going to defer all those questions to to Jimbo Fisher. But when it came to Terry Price, he said, you know, that Terry Price really helped with his transition to Texas A and M and helped him and his family get up to speed, mentor him, and he looks up to uh, Terry Price. Called him a dear friend, and you know, was was really heartfelt in, in what Terry Price has meant to him and was also asked like does there need to be a me- like a meeting or a message or any sort of rallying cry around the rest of the team and said I don't think that's necessary that's not really something the coaches even have to do because these players and Anaya Smith doing this is a good example of it is these players have a chip on their shoulder anyway they want to go out and honor Terry Price in the best way that they possibly can and so there doesn't need to be a grand message or a meeting with the coaching staff about where they talk about honoring Terry Price. I think he, it's already inside all the players to, uh, you know, honor him the best way they can this fall, go out and put in a little extra motivation in there. And so, um, you know, some really cool stories coming around SEC media days. I think obviously Terry Price and Jimbo Fisher uh, spoke about the person as well. And, and, you know, talked about him just being a great Aggie and being a great, great role model for everybody and in, in the impact that he had had. So um, Terry Price is, is his presence was certainly felt around SEC media days. You knew it probably would be, uh, 
and and you know to hear a lot of stories about him was was certainly touching. So uh, we're gonna have a lot more from from SEC Media Days coming up on the site over the course of the week. A lot of breakdowns, a lot of takeaways, and so uh, I encourage you guys to head over there and uh, be sure to like and share this um, video if you if you enjoyed it and and to um, get notifications every time a new video happens uh, be sure to subscribe on on spotify itunes wherever you listen to the podcast as well to get a notification every time a new video drops just hit that little subscribe button and, and you'll be all squared away so uh to everyone thanks again for listening and, and enjoy the rest of your week and, and we'll see you guys soon